Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. It is fun to be back with our Roseburg family. Sherry and I six years ago moved to Myrtle Creek. Now when I say that in a good portion of the state, they have no clue where I'm saying that I live, but I know that you would know we're in your backyard, as scary as that might be. Hey, we've had a a great month here, and I've heard so many positive comments as uh, you've had this this theme, to the ends of the earth, and I wanted to say to infinity and beyond, but that wouldn't fit as appropriately. In Acts 1, verse 8, you've been using this as a text. Let me just champion that again before I press on uh, with the message. Jesus said that the gospel would go from Jerusalem to Judea, throughout Sumeria, and then to the ends of the world. There was a reason for that order. If you can't do it at home, you can't sell it abroad, roughly stated. Before I press on, let me tell you what's happening locally that you've been helping us with. You saw some of the video. I want crunched some numbers recently. Actually, we did that video a year ago, I guess, because we just celebrated our 19th birthday with OCEF. We're in our 20th year, and that followed 15 years of ministry at Redwood Christian Church in Grants Pass. So we are, we are Southern Oregon people. In Roseburg, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm actually a black tornado from Medford. So I know that usually gets a few boos. And yes, thank you for that. I appreciate it. But I do understand I understand what it takes to be a Christian who is striving to bring others to Jesus in Southern Oregon, and it is not easy. Let me tell you what's been happening with your help throughout the state. I've been on the board, oh boy, about 25 years, and then as director uh, for 19. But in those years, we have been trying to start new churches that will help us start new churches. And it's not about having more churches. It's about having more people come to know Jesus. That's what it's about. But we also then, 15, 16 years ago, said, but we can't plant churches fast enough to keep up with the ones that are closing in Oregon. And so we began really an effort to, alongside of our church planting efforts, how do we replant or partner with churches that are about to be taken over by others or close or, or, or all these things that cause a church not to be in existence. In those years, we've been able to help about 15 churches uh, get back on their feet. Of those churches, we are seeing miracle after miracle. Just crunch some numbers. And so I, I want to just thank you and applaud God for his faithfulness. In the years that we have been with OCEF, Between church planting and turnaround churches, we have seen just over 3,000 baptisms in Oregon in those churches. Now, you can applaud for that one. That's Now, maybe if you're in some mega community in a mega church, that doesn't sound like a lot. But let me tell you, in Oregon, that is a miracle. And so thank you for being a part of that miracle. And thank you for being so involved in missions I know you do this great month of missions, but it's not just about this month. It's about who you are year-round. I do want to talk about how we're going to go to the ends of the earth. 
but really that's going to have to be a footnote. If we're not about missions here, it's not going to get over there. It's been an okay time for somebody to say amen. And you understand what the amen is for. Please understand, that lets the preacher know you got that point, he can go on to the next one instead of belaboring it for 15 more minutes. So, yeah, thank you. Amens are, are appreciated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle with a passage with you today, and I'm going to ask that you, would, if you have your Bible, that you turn to it. If you don't have your Bible, I'll read it to you. But I'm going to ask that you would write this down. This series of about 14 verses out of John, the 15th chapter, should be up in our grill and cause us to rethink who we are as followers or disciples of Jesus. I have read this passage for over 60 years. And recently, it's like God took a two-by-four and he caught me upside the head and said, are you listening? That's an agrarian term, two-by-four up the head. It's a metaphoric. Although sometimes that may be what he has to do to get my attention. Let me, let me just ask us, though, as a Christian, and this is rhetorical, you don't have to answer out loud, I'm going to tell you, but as a Christian, what's your job? Well, preachers preach and elders eld, and, and we can go, well, we know teachers teach and et cetera, et cetera, but really, what is your job? And we let this slip by us. We were called to be disciples who make disciples in the Great Commission. You with me on that? Because this is our great month of missions, let me just call it what it is. You, if you are a follower of Jesus, a believer in Jesus, you have been called to be a missionary. One who takes the mission of Christ and says, that's my job. You see, as a church, we are called the body of Christ, right? Amen. Do I have to go through all the scriptures? Will you just agree with me on that? Okay. We're the body of Christ. As a body, we have a head. Who is Christ? The problem with a lot of churches today is they say, well, we believe our job is to this or that or our mission is to do this. I could come up, I can, I'm, I'm not wanting to step on toes. I'm wanting to just push us forward. However, if the head says, this is my mission, then the body better be carrying it out. And Jesus said very clearly in Luke 19, verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. How is he going to do that if his body doesn't get up and do something? So here we are. So with that being said, I'm going to use the words of Jesus in John, the 15th chapter, the first 14 verses. It's rather lengthy, and he does repeat himself. If you actually, when you study this out this week, kind of watch for the parallelisms where he, he says it one time, then he says it again, then he says it a third, you know, it's like, it's like do you get the point? Sherry can tell me 18 different ways to take out the garbage and never repeat herself. It's called a Hebrewism or a parallelism. It's brilliant, actually. And so can Jesus, and so does the Apostle Paul and others. But let me, let me read with this. It talks about a true vine and branches and fruit. Put yourself in this story somewhere. 
Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them in the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We'll read that in context in a moment. My father is glorified by this. Now, I'm going to pause just briefly. I've run through this too fast, too many times. We talk about giving glory to God. We want to glorify God. Let the word of God speak to our hearts and our minds on how we glorify God in Jesus' mind. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me and I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my command, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, the one would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Okay. Now, I've spent a little more time with this and just reading it, so I'm going to tell you, this has got my attention. Please let the Word of God grab your attention here. Please spend some time with this this week. There is more here than meets the eye as he repeats himself to show what is important to Jesus. In this passage, now there are other passages where the word fruit is used more of uh, works or things that you're doing, but not in this text. He repeats it over and over. The fruit that, now let's back up. He's the vine. We are the branches that are connected to the vine with one job, which is to bear fruit. In this passage, he tells us what the fruit is that we're supposed to be bearing. Disciples. You could say converts, but I, I think we just go to convert, we've missed something. We've got to take people from hearing to belief to obedience. Amen. I want to go to the next point, so I'm just saying amen for myself in case you missed that window of opportunity. So let me just hit some brief points that are painful, <laughs> because I'm going to go home after this anyway, and, you, you <laughs> and though you know the town, you don't know my address, so I will be safe for a while. However, please note in this text, there is a penalty now, we're talking, we're talking here, when I say penalty, we're talking about people who are connected to the vine. We're talking about believers. We're talking about disciples, us, followers of Jesus, who do not bear fruit. The penalty for not producing fruit is cut off. 
You can't be cut off from something you weren't connected to. So he's making a very serious point, but he goes beyond that, that point to even, I guess, even further, thrown away, cut off and thrown away. I'm not even going to begin to try to unpack that for you. That would take me a whole semester of teaching. However, I will tell you, it reminds me of the story where Jesus, you remember the story when Jesus has got his disciples and they come upon a fig tree that is in full leaf. And I'll tell you, that's been fun. If you've been in the Holy Land or if you've ever raised, if, if you've been in California and you've ever raised a fig tree, when it is in full leaf, it gives you the promise that there will be ripe figs. Might not be time for the harvest, you don't harvest at all, but if it's in full leaf, there will be ripe figs that you can pick. Jesus goes up to it, there are no figs. It lied to him. And what does he do? He curses it and it dries up, it dies from the roots up. They come back through, past the fig tree later, and Peter goes, well, will you look at that? <laughs> Got their attention. He, I don't think Jesus was mad at the fig tree. Give me a break. But he's, he is teaching us, just as he is in this passage, the importance of being obedient to the point of sharing Jesus with others, of bearing fruit, of not just looking good. The fig tree looked good, but it wasn't producing. Our job is not just to look good. Lucky for me. Never have looked good. Wait, wait. But we are to produce. Produce what? Disciples that make disciples. How do you do that? A lot of people, a lot of churches make a lot of, well, they get a lot of people coming, but if they are not connected to the vine, which is Jesus, then the fruit they're producing is not what, it's not going to last. But I want to go beyond that. Okay, there's the, there's the harsh news that those who don't produce, if there's branches that don't produce fruit, they're going to be cut off. That, that makes sense in an agrarian orchard. I grew up in Medford, you know, pear trees. Are there any pear orchards left? Just houses, I think. But get the next part. There is a, there's also pain in producing fruit. In this passage, he says that for those, for those branches that produce fruit, what's he going to do? Prune. Prune them. Did my voice crack? I was a little nervous. He's going to prune them so that they can bear even more fruit. What does that mean? We're going to be pruned? Well, bad stuff happens even to good people. And I could probably go on and on on what different pruning might look like, but let me just tell you that uh, if you were to go to 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, this is a good one to memorize, by the way, just two verses. First or Second Corinthians 3 and 4. Blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our every affliction. One might say, who comforts us even though we're being pruned. He comforts us even in our every affliction so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves were given. Anybody in an affliction or a hardship right now? Could be health, could be work, it could be the loss of a loved one. I mean, the list goes on and on of what the afflictions might be, but he never says he'll comfort you out of it. He'll be there in it with you. Why? Because the day's going to come that somebody that doesn't know how to draw comfort from God can draw it from you 
and give you another reason to share Jesus with them. That's producing fruit. That's the striving to produce fruit. And my brothers and sisters, our job is to produce. Now you say, wait a minute, I'm getting just too old. Bob, give me a break. I'm tired. Yeah, so am I. But I'm a grandpa. My job is not done. And I know that when my own grandma, 93 years old, 56 pounds, racked with arthritic pain, just wanted to go home. One of my cousins went to her and said, but Grandma, is there maybe something else you could do for Jesus while you're here? She was so mad at him for not taking her home. <laughs> she had to rethink that for a moment. And I believe the Holy Spirit brought to mind one of my cousins that did not know Jesus. He'd been kind of an outcast. His dad had left him out of some things, and she just got to thinking that he didn't really get connected. And so she sent him a letter he had been in prison in California, but he was in uh, Oregon, I believe. Wait a no, I guess he was still in California at that time. He's in Oregon now. And she sent him a letter with money in it. He immediately called his sister and said, what does she want? And his sister says, don't you remember, Grandma? She wants nothing more than to make sure you know that you're loved. Now, I'd love to tell you that he came rushing up to Oregon and gave his life to Jesus and was baptized. And However, I can't tell you that part of the story. Holy Spirit's still working. But he did come to Oregon. He did get to sit with Grandma before she passed. He got to hear about Jesus again. And years later, his daughter came to a college in Southern Oregon, and heard that she had a cousin in Grants Pass, and she began attending, and we got to see her come to the Lord. Now, we're still waiting for my cousin, but we're starting to see that you see how producing fruit keeps going, and even if you're 56 pounds and racked with pain, you still can produce fruit. You still have a prayer life. You with me? Our problem is sometimes we give up too easy. Well, I, I'm too tired, I'm too old, I'm too busy. Get over yourself. You've got a job. You are a disciple, and your job is to produce fruit. So I'm going to tell you, there, there is a penalty for not. There's a pain for doing it. You get pruned. But there is a prize. There is a prize for producing fruit, for being that branch. And it's going to be seen here in Roseburg, in Douglas County, and Oregon, which, by the way, is still, unfortunately, I wish we had this changed, we are still the least churched state in America. Higher percentage of Christians now by far in Africa than there is in Oregon. We need to turn that. How do we turn it? I can't do it. Daniel can't do it. Darren can't do it. But we can do it. You know, if we each... We're able to reach one this year. We'd have to go to multiple services in here just that quick. And what if then everybody reached one more the next year and one more the next year? Do you know that if you just start with one and, and you actually make one disciple a year who will do the same? You follow what I'm saying? So one becomes two, which becomes four, eight, 16, 32, 64. My math ran out. 
do that sometime, just for fun. 33 and a half years is seven and a half billion people. That's everybody on the planet. We can do this together. But what is the prize for producing fruit? And number one that he gives you, answered prayer. Ask whatever you want in my name and I'll do it for you. In my name. You see, if, you're, if you are connected to the vine and you want only what the vine wants and ask what you want because what you want is what the vine wants. Pretty easy answer for God to answer that one. I had an elder in Grants Pass. He, he was wonderful. But he would say, love God and do whatever you want. Now think about it. If you truly love God, what did he just say? The ones who love me will keep my commands. So if you truly love him, what you want is what he wants. You with me? There's the answer. There's the victory that comes with producing fruit. It's answered prayer. And secondly, the Father will be glorified. I paused when I read that passage because we rush through that too often. We make our words too light. Give glory to God. May God be glorified. You know, we just, it's like hates on Friday. I don't know. Um, what does it mean? How do you glorify God? By producing fruit. Here's a definition for worship. Better write this one down. It's kind of combine the Old Testament and the New Testament. Romans 12, chapter, the first couple of verses, but also from the Old Testament. I believe this is the best definition of worship I've ever heard or given. Worship is bringing a live sacrifice to the altar of God. Worship, true worship, glorifying God is bringing a live sacrifice to the altar of God. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, that would have been bringing a lamb or a goat or something else. But what was the last blood sacrifice of the Old Covenant? Who was Jesus? So what does a live sacrifice look like in this new covenant that we're in? When you come to Jesus... When you accept him as Lord and Savior, that is worship. But what's next? When you produce fruit, when you bring somebody else, that is worship. By the way, one of the greatest things I've seen, and you can, you can do it here. I had to look. I forgot, Daniel, where your baptistry was at. This is it, right? Or this is a really funky organ that you're hiding. But I think that... <laughs> One of the coolest things I've ever seen. You see, when I was a kid, when you got baptized, a preacher baptized you. Good gravy. Well, that was great. My preacher was one of the guys that led me to Jesus. But what we've tried to do a lot of places, if it's capable, if you had a hand in that person coming to Christ, then doggone it, get up here and get a hand in that baptistry. And we've got pictures of horse troughs and rivers and, and oceans where people have a hand in that water. Why? Because they had a hand in that person coming to Christ. What, what were they doing? They were glorifying God. They were bringing a life sacrifice to the altar of God. So today, I mean, I, I have tons more I could belabor this for hours and, and will for myself, but I, I just want to stress that if we're going to take this, this message to the ends of the earth, we got to do it here first. You were in Guatemala? 
You see, that started here. And then it got to over there. Almost every missionary that you support started over here and then went. You know, that next person that you are praying for that comes to Jesus, maybe they won't go to another foreign field, but the person they bring to Jesus might. So thank you. Thank you for making sacrifices so that the people of Douglas County and Oregon, I was going to say it could be fruit, but that's Eugene. So we'll just go, or no, that, we're, other, we're far enough south, I can get away with that. I said that a little further north, I'd been run out pretty quick. Producing fruit, making not just converts, but disciples that will make disciples. If we can do it here, it'll spread to the rest of Oregon. My brothers and sisters, if we can get Oregon, we got this nation. We get this nation, we've got the world. Somebody say amen and I'll pray. It only takes you a little while to catch right on, doesn't it? Let me pray. I'll tell you what. What I'm going to pray for is I'm going to pray for you as you pray for those that the Holy Spirit has brought to mind right now in your life that need Jesus. Might be a relative or a neighbor or somebody you work with. Maybe you don't think that you'll be able to share Jesus with them, but I bet you can show Jesus to them. Maybe we can tag team together to get the words to them. But I'm going to pray for you as you pray for them that they might be that kind of fruit that becomes a branch and bears more fruit. That's where the metaphor kind of breaks down, but that's what Jesus said. Let's pray. Father, for this church, your body here, I thank you. And Lord, I've, I've known you for a long time. But I've got grandkids and neighbors that are just getting to know you. And some don't even know that they need to know you. So, Father, for those people that we have put on our minds that we are lifting up before you now, would you, through your Holy Spirit, be convicting, drawing to yourself. But Lord, give us the courage and the tenacity to continue to pray Continue to live like Jesus and talk about Jesus so that we can produce fruit. Father, if there's any here right now that have rejected that concept, I pray that we would draw ourselves back to you. And Lord, if there are those that are experiencing times of affliction and pruning, let us rejoice in that, knowing that our God will be glorified as others come to know you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, We invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.